Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Raptors were fired up tonight. They uh, honestly it didn't even feel like they played at a particularly great game, but they still came away with a 121 to 93 win over the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it wasn't even close. The line tonight coming into the game was one and a half favoring the Raptors. And uh, yeah, wow. Um, Raptors easily broke past that mark, easily got past the Nets, who honestly just looked really terrible. Uh, just um, look, they're eight and 24 since mid-December. And this is a group that, you know, maybe on paper you like some of the players because of what they did at previous stops. But here in Brooklyn in particular, I don't know. There's very little synergy. Uh, it's it's a it's kind of a confusing mess. I'm not really sure who's where on the hierarchy. And I know they made a head coaching change. Kevin Ollie has now taken over, uh, being promoted. But, I mean, I don't know. Four head coaches now under the same management group. And the results, I mean, the results are pretty bad, especially for a team that uh, does not even control their own first-round pick this year in the draft to maybe cope with someone losing. But, hey, listen, it's not like the Raptors are in that much better of a situation, although you wouldn't know it by tonight's performance. Raptors really were able to turn the screws against the Nets. And I think, look, for the Raptors, this is a really refreshed team. You could you could definitely tell that a lot of changes have happened midseason. Um, you know, this break came at a time where guys were able to get resettled, guys were able to get refocused, trade deadlines over, lots of veteran pieces have moved on. Um, the newer pieces have been able to settle in a little bit, find places, just like, you know, settle into their new situations moving forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, Scotty, I think obviously he's the one that's been here and he's been one of the fixtures and the, the main piece moving forward, he was able to go to all-star weekend. And I thought he came out with incredible energy and he kind of set the tone, uh, for the whole group. I mean, the first play of the game, Ben Simmons of all people tries to, get all the way to the cup for a sneak layup to begin the game. You rarely see Ben Simmons look to score, but I suppose on the first play of the game, he tried to go take it strong, and Scotty rotated over, blocked him at the basket, and then even though he was the one making the play at the rim defensively, Scotty was then somehow also the first player down the floor for Toronto as they changed ends of the floor, and Scotty scored a transition layup. So that's the type of energy that he was on, and it was great to see that from him. Uh, 18 points tonight, 12 rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block. Uh, uh, you know, four turnovers, uh, maybe a little bit sloppy to start the third quarter. The Raptors definitely won on a bit of a shaky moment there for probably three, four minutes, but they regained the re- their composure. And yeah, it, it didn't take that much to blow the Nets away here. I mean, the Nets just, again, uh, were really, really struggling. You can You couldn't really tell where they really wanted to run their offense. Mikel Bridges is their leading scorer, and, and you would like to see necessarily um, him being involved in dictate action, but he's not that type of player where he has the ball all the time and he creates for others. You know, he's an off-ball player, you know, catch a shoot, um, off cuts, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you just didn't see him that involved um, necessarily, even though he did take 16 shots. Cam Thomas is a player you definitely see involved quite a bit. He's always looking for the shot. Tonight, he actually had a couple of nice passes, but he's always aggressively selling the idea that he's going to shoot, and he's definitely not afraid of taking a late clock, low percentage type of jumper if he needs to. If anything, it looks like he relishes that role in a way, but you know, he's also really heavily involved. I wouldn't really say that he's a point guard, though, 
um, more of a scoring combo guard. Ben Simmons is its own confusing thing, you know, uh, watching him warm up before the game. A lot of, I mean, uh, it's not breaking news that Ben Simmons struggles to shoot, but he's practicing like 10 foot pull-ups. Like and we're not talking like big jumpers, like 10 foot pull-ups. And he shoots it with such an unorthodox form and it produces the weirdest spin on the ball. Like he's essentially, he's like putting a perfect side spin on the ball instead of like it rotating over itself and into the rim. It's like rotating sideways. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a surprise as to why it doesn't, you know, fall in all that much. So again, the Nets were quite confusing, but the Raptors, look, they, they took advantage of the situation and, you know, this is a team where uh, it's younger, probably more refocused, definitely has more of a direction than Brooklyn in terms of at least there's just their intentions the rest of the way. And a lot of guys came in and played their roles really well. I mean, the starting lineup, uh, when you look across the board, plus 17 for Scotty Barnes, plus 26 for Jakob Pertl, plus 24 for Gary Trent, who had a really nice game, plus 29 for RJ Barrett, who didn't even have that good of a game. He still ended up being a really big plus minus and then quickly being plus 32. And I'd like to start with quickly because um, that was a lot of the focus of yesterday's practice was just, okay, um, you know, is Emmanuel quickly going to adapt to this new starting position? And what is that going to look like for him? And he, can he find the consistency? He spoke about it himself, too, about the difficulty of moving up in the scouting report um, before he was a key bench player for New York for a long time. Now he's starting. There is obviously a change. It's not the first time he started. He did fill in for Jalen Brunson. Uh, at times last season, and so it's not his first taste of it, but especially coming to a new organization, starting, new teammates, all that kind of stuff, he had some inconsistent results. But today, I thought he found the perfect balance of his own scoring aggression. I, I think for quickly, he looks more natural to me when he's looking to score and rather than when he's looking to set up the table and, and you know, um, make sure everyone else gets involved. I think for the Raptors starting group, there are other guys who can play make. Obviously, Scotty can get his own shot, but he can also play make. Uh, Jakob uh, largely is looking to play make. Um, you know, I think for quickly, yeah, you would like to see him average like six, seven, eight assists. Of course, that's always something you want on your point guard. But I think more than anything else, in terms of perimeter shot creation, he is the best option for the Raptors. And um, I don't know, he hasn't, he hasn't necessarily shown that at the highest level in, in the 21 games since the trade, but I thought the approach tonight was good. Looked to attack for his offense, was aggressive with the pull-up three, which should be a huge part of his game, you know. And, you know, when he was when he saw the little gaps, he was opportunistic in getting downhill and shooting a couple floaters, a couple banking and ones, uh, just drawing a foul here or there. It was it was good. And of course, he he made some passes as well. And I and I liked his activity defensively. He caught the nets by surprise a couple times, just running in from the the blind side and just like you know, poking uh, or just throwing a random double team on the ball and, and getting some steals and breaking the way the other way. But um, in general, I like the fact that he looked to score first and foremost. I, I really do think that for this group, he's going to need to do that, especially in the half court. I think the one thing with him that's been really good um, is the catch and shoot threes. I, I think he's actually above 50% on those, which is obviously like a a bit unsustainable. I mean, that that's, that is a really good mark. Um, but having said that, though, I think when he gets to, to set his feet, I mean, he's really, really automatic with the way he's able to shoot the catch and shoot looks. And yeah, I just thought tonight was really good. Um, him going up against, I mean, honestly, it was not much of a matchup between him and Schroeder tonight. Schroeder did return to Toronto and he was a minus 30. He wasn't the only guy who was a minus 30. Mikel Bridges was also a minus 30 as well. But minus 30 and 23 minutes off the bench for Schroeder, you know, I thought quickly matched up 
quite a few times with Dennis, was able to get the better of him uh, on that front, uh, obviously Dennis being his former teammate. But quickly played really well. Gary played, you know, really well as well. I, I think for Gary, um, you know, uh, largely speaking, it's it's whether or not the jumpers are falling for him. And he was really able to knock down just pretty much any jumper he walked in tonight. 9-12 from the field, 5-7 from three. I think for Gary, um, you know, he's he was able to get a lot of the mid-range pull-ups to drop. He got the pull-up three to drop as well. And, of course, on top of that, he was pretty good on catch-and-shoots. I think he maybe missed one catch-and-shoot, uh, I believe, from three. But, yeah, in general, he had a really efficient night. That always gives you a, a huge spark when he's on, right? I, I think that the, the trouble is because his game is primarily jumpers, there are always going to be the inverse of these type of games where he gets really cold and the Raptors' offense will struggle. But, I mean, that's kind of what you have to live with in a way with him as a player but he is very prolific when it comes to jump just jump shooting in general i think the other thing is you would like to see some of the other elements like one thing that took uh stood out today in terms of a play was i think maybe Jakob had the ball at the top and the offense was a bit stuck and he had already picked up his dribble and gary decided to make a good cut where he faked it as if he was going to come up to lift to receive the ball on the handoff but instead cut back door uh, caught the pass, cutting back door, and instantly flipped that into uh, the next pass, I think over to whoever was in a dunker spot um, for, for a layup. And maybe it was Kelly? I don't think Kelly and Jakob played together. Regardless, there was some kind of like post action that got stuck. Uh, Gary made it unstuck by faking the cut and then cutting back door, catching it, and then on the instant, uh, making the next pass out. Those are the nice little things where if he could do more of that, especially because he does have gravity as a shooter, right? Because he people will respect him and chase him around and, and scramble and, and really be on alert when Gary's moving off ball. The more he's able to do that, the more he's able to, you know, make other plays like that. And I think that, you know, it, it shouldn't really stand out that he was able to make a back cut and then make a next pass. Like, that should be something he should do more often. But still, um, ideally, you can see that in addition to the fact that he can get hot from three, and tonight he was definitely one of those nights uh, where he was able to just consistently get his game off. So I thought quickly was good. RJ or Gary was good. Scotty started strong, and uh, that's always what you want to see from him, setting the tone for the entire group. Jakob didn't see the ball that much, um, but you know, defensively, I think that's where the Raptors really needed him. I thought he did a great job of protecting the rim, uh, a couple great blocks as well, just plugging up the you know, the middle for Brooklyn in a night where they really couldn't score. 93 points, um, and yeah, honestly, it was just a real slog for them. I, I thought the fit for them in the starting group just didn't really make sense. It's way too many guys who can't really shoot. Um, Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons are both complete non-shooters. They should not start together. Um, Cam Thomas is not a, you know, just not a point guard, period. So he's not setting the table and getting other guys involved. Bridges is also a guy who's mostly looking to score and not necessarily that big of a threat. Uh, when he's looking to create all that much. Relatively speaking, he should be the biggest threat here scoring-wise, but you know he didn't even have the ball that much in his hands to dictate the action. And then Dorian Finney-Smith is like purely a catch-and-shoot guy, maybe cut to the basket once in a while, but not a creator off the dribble either. It's just a starting group that doesn't really work. And the guys that are bringing off the bench, I mean, they got a, they bring a lot of guards off the bench. Shooter, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth. Like it, It's guys like that where, you know, Quickness, athleticism, has a little bit of catch-and-shoot three in, in, in each of those guys. But generally speaking, I think they needed to make a, a roster adjustment or a lineup adjustment. I mean, honestly, this whole group really should be examined and potentially taken apart as well. Um, but nevertheless, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Jakob did a great job defending the middle. Again, especially in that starting group, the, the Nets 
a lot of those guys can only score at the rim. So uh, Jakob being a big presence down there really helped alongside of Scotty, who also played good help defense. The one guy in the signing group, I, I, I thought, I thought RJ, he forced it a little bit too much. And I know he had seven assists, which is probably his high since coming over to Toronto and, and, you know, since, uh, since the trade, but you know, 12 points for RJ, 5 of 13 from the field, three turnovers. I think there was just a couple of plays where you could definitely tell exactly where he was going. I think everyone in the building knew he was trying to get, you know, uh, downhill and towards his left hand. And a, a couple times, if the Nets did anything good defensively, it was against RJ where they were able to rip him, go into the basket, show him a crowd going to the basket, show him some physicality going to the basket. RJ generally isn't afraid of some physicality. Like he's a guy who almost relishes that, eats the bump, and he's able to, you know, still get to his shot. He's, I think the best part of his game is just how determined he is at times. And, you know, there that is a good element. But nevertheless, um, you, you did not see the best of RJ Barrett in this game. A couple of times he forced it as well when there were other passing options to be made. Um, I don't want to nitpick it too much because, again, they won by 28. And uh, he also did have seven assists. But I do think that it, it's, a, it's one of those games where you just don't want RJ to be completely one-dimensional. But luckily, he had two threes tonight, which is good. Two of four. I mean, uh, you can even watch the warm up. He is an inconsistent uh, three point shooter. He went 0 for 2 on the foul line as well. Um, to be honest, more concerning is just the fact that he only went to the foul line twice, despite how much he was looking to attack downhill. But um, still, like, he definitely does one thing and he does it really well. But I do think that there are other things that needs to be added to the game. And I think that, you know, some of the swing skills, like the passing tonight, because he does get to the paint quite often. There's going to be opportunities for him to lay it off or kick it off, kick it out. You know, when you're in the paint, even if you people know where you want to go, you're still usually drawing a crowd, and that does open up other opportunities. Hopefully, um, you know, we see more of the playmaking on that front as well. Um, it does help when quickly is also looking to to score and firing. I think that allows RJ to maybe set the table a little bit more. Um, the two of them definitely celebrate a lot of baskets together. But I think the other thing is like, you know. Okay, the playmaking, that's a swing skill for him. And then the defense. And I do feel like defensively, RJ, the, the want to is there. It's, it's not like he's, you know, um, just one of those guys who kind of shies away and shirks from the responsibility. Yeah, I think he wants it. And he, he, wants, he wants to attack. But, you know, at the same time, you also did see that, like, Bridges, for example, got free quite a bit from him just off of relatively simple cuts and actions. A little screen here or there, and, and he gets caught a little flat-footed. I think that's the challenge for RJ. The, the, high, the more that he can defend at a higher level, the more that he can play make at a higher level, you can live with the more variance in terms of the offense. Because offensively, he's he's going to score. He's going to be aggressive. Um, but then again, a, a really good defense should be able, or even a decent defense should be able to anticipate where he wants to go and maybe cut him off before he gets there. Because realistically, he's scoring largely from one or two spots on the floor in terms of the second unit i mean nobody really came in and gave that big of a boost i would say maybe the positive is that nobody came in and like screwed up the flow all that much either but um yeah i mean the first shift for the second unit uh, you know darko has gone back to the rotations where scotty's the first sub out midway through the first quarter and he comes back in late in the first quarter and begins the second quarter with largely a second unit um you know, I think the hope is that uh, he can get some playmaking reps in that in that uh, group because he's largely speaking the backup point guard as well as being the starting forward for the Raptors. But without quickly on the floor, Scotty is you know kind of def defaulting to being point guard. There's also moments there where he's playing with Kelly Olynyk as a stretch five. That would be a nice, interesting experiment to see what type of player, what archetypes of player 
fit long term for Scotty. But I, I think the second unit not performing that great, at least in the first stint, was not really on Scotty. I think in the second stint, they did a lot better. Um, and they just kind of blew the doors off the Nets, who at that point, they were starting to make really, you know, just, I don't want to say dumb, but like uh, ill-advised plays offensively. Let's let's be nice about it. Uh, and they were throwing the ball around and the Raptors were able to get out in transition. And that's where you started to see the Raptors second unit, you know, come in and, and, and do something. But in general, I guess those guys weren't necessarily needed. I know there's a big focus right now on uh, Grady. Grady, I thought was solid. Definitely a lot of anticipation every time he shoots a three. Only one of three tonight um, and three of six from the field. The other two were transition baskets. One was off a putback. I believe RJ missed a layup in transition and uh, Grady hustled to get the putback, which is nice to see. He had another play where uh, Gary stole the ball and then threw a hit-ahead pass to uh, Grady, who was streaking ahead of the play with only Dennis, I think, trying to chase up and catch him, and he wasn't able to ultimately reach him. So um, that was the bulk of the scoring. But honestly, I have to say, I mean, for a guy like me, I love coming to watch warmups and just watching guys, you know, get their work in pregame, see what they're working on. And I do get this. I, he is making a lot more shots than he was at the start of the season. Like, I feel like there is that in-season improvement with him. And, you know, they, they're obviously going through pretty extensive shooting drills. I mean, I thought, honestly, Grady probably had the longest warmup of anybody in the whole group. They, they practice lots of things like, you know, just how to cut a, cut a, cut a driver off. So they would have an assistant coach um, just a, just dribble left, and then, you know, Grady cut him off on the drive, then drive right, and Grady would shuffle his feet, cut him off over and over again. They would do those type of drills. They would do all sorts of movement shooting drills in terms of, you know, uh, one to reject, one to, you know, uh, lift back up for the three, one to sort of pull up against a drop, things like that. Like, just a variety of shooting drills. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I get the sense that he's – building more and more confidence. And I know he didn't show in this game, but he's been playing much better of late. And uh, yeah, he continues to come in and just just give you that nice little scoring boost, which I think is what was envisioned of him when he was first drafted uh, to the team. So I'm, I'm happy to see uh, him continue to contribute and, and him get on the glass a little bit. Grady does try to find ways to be involved. It's not like you don't notice him out there. I feel like for some players that is like... A lot of I don't want to mention specific. Well, actually, I don't know. Like McDaniel's, for example, when he comes in the game, like you don't notice him. Um, you know, I think sometimes you see Obaji come into the game and you haven't really seen Obaji being that noticeable. Although I thought defensively did a good job tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think Grady definitely gets himself involved, uses athleticism, and, and, and gets on the glass and hunts those opportunities for threes. There weren't that many for him tonight, but. Still, I didn't mind it. Speaking of Abaji, I feel like that's also relatively notable. So I, I, he didn't really get a scoring, I don't think, until maybe until it was like fourth quarter garbage time type of deal. But in general, I think for Abaji, like there is a skill set there defensively. There's no doubt. Um, like just I, again, this is not like a big matchup, but like whatever. You can only guard whoever's in the game against you. So he's in the game against Lonnie Walker the fourth. And both times in the first quarter, he tried to drive it at Abaji, and Abaji cut him off, and he had to settle for, like, baseline fading, mid-range pull-ups. It's, like, basically the ideal shot you want to force a guy to shoot, especially a guy without the the pedigree or the skill set to necessarily make them at a high clip. Things like that I think he's going to be able to come in and do. I mean, that was obviously the profile on him coming uh, into the league was his ability to defend. And, you know, the 3-and-D moniker gets thrown around. I think that's actually quite apt for him he does have a decent handle but he doesn't really seem to go anywhere with it like he can you know he can maybe get a little bit inside the arc but not into all the way to the paint 
And so, yeah, you can move side to side a little bit, but he's not really creating too much with his specific uh, ball handling. I mean, if he's going to score, it's probably going to be off of others. So transition, catch and shoot threes, cuts the basket, things like this. He has a built-in chemistry with uh, Kelly. Kelly found him a couple times, and, and that's what he does. But generally speaking, I think you're, you're looking for him for the defensive end. And honestly, there is there's a bit of a log jam in terms of minutes on the wing when you really think about it. Like, Raptors got a lot of wings right now. Gary, uh, RJ is going to eat a lot of those minutes. Bruce Brown continues to get 25 minutes. Honestly, if the Raptors want to look to develop, you would have to take some of those minutes away and give them to other people like an Abaji, like a Grady. You barely even see Wara, Jordan Wara, who comes in in, in in the fourth quarter when the game is completely decided and he gets six points. But it's hard to say if that's anything meaningful considering just, again, he's playing in garbage time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there is a bit of a glut of wings. So you're not necessarily going to see that change until the roster itself has changed or the Raptors specifically make uh, another coaching decision to, to favor more of the young guys. But just in general, I think they, they found the right balance tonight. Um, starting unit played well. They guarded well. They got on transition. They shot the three well as well, which is great. Uh, Gary was hot. Quickly was hot. Each each of them having five threes each. Even RJ, two of four, I would consider that hot for him. Um, so, yeah, Raps had a had a, had a a good night. It was an easy night. Um, Brooklyn definitely has a lot to, to sort out. And honestly, just uh, – I, I, honestly, I, I only have two more notes. I mean, I got the three stars, and then I got uh, a little catch-up with a uh, friend of the program, Dennis Schroeder, uh, who obviously had joined us quite often on the Raptors show. But before I get to those, I wanted to bring you a message from our sponsor. Are you ready to get fired up for the next game? Nothing helps more than a bowl of Campbell's new chunky spicy chicken noodle soup. Let me tell you, it's got tons of seasoned chickens, veggies, and noodles all in a tasty spicy broth. So it'll fill you up and get you fired up. So take your day to the next level and see if you can handle the heat with the new chunky spicy Chicken noodle soup. Okay, those last two items I wanted to get to. Yeah, caught up with uh, with Dennis before the game. Um, you know, this is one of those awkward things where when, when you get traded midseason, you know, it, it, it uh, does create a lot of logistical hurdles, as you can imagine. So he's still got to get his family and stuff like that to join him uh, in New York and all that. But, um, you know, strange situation that he was brought into here in Toronto. I think the expectation was that uh, it was going to be a winning program and, you know, he would – being a starter and contributing towards that. And of course he did start to start the season, but eventually that starting role is taken away. Uh, and of course the Raptors were not a winning program and they've shifted in a different direction since then. So, you know, it's not a surprise that he got moved, but I also do feel like the situation for in Toronto was, uh, what was not exactly what was, uh, build or promised as, but nevertheless, these things happen. He's been on multiple teams. He understands, uh, how this thing goes. I did try to get him to make one last appearance on the Raptor show just to, you know, say goodbye to uh, the fan base. Honestly, when you when you think about the fact that he has to figure out things like, again, getting his family over, uh, I, I totally understand that, you know, he's got to settle that stuff in. But once he settled in, he said he will come on one more time. So I look forward to, you know, just talking with him and, again, just getting his perspective of how things went in Toronto this season and, you know, how he's settling into to Brooklyn as well. So that's a bit of a show update, I suppose. Um, he did, I mean, Dennis had a, a pretty tough game. Um, yeah, what was he? Two, uh, well, one of seven off the bench, 23 minutes, got blocked by Jakob Uh Just had a, a couple of like, I, I don't know, it just was not easy uh, for him on the night. I mean, he was not the only net to struggle, but he certainly did struggle. Um, 
And yeah, I think for him, the only time he really uh, was able to have a bit of a comeuppance against his former team was when he hit a, a corner three, literally right in front of the Raptors bench. And he turned to the bench and he hit the uh, signature free celebration uh, against them. But honestly, like, you know, it, it did not change the impact of the game, but I, at least I thought it was cute. Uh, in terms of your three stars to wrap up tonight's uh, program, your first star, I'm going to give it to Quickly. I really like Quickly's game tonight, 24 points, six rebounds, three assists, three steals. I like that he found a way to contribute defensively as well. Some of that stuff, he's going to have to gamble a little bit. I don't even necessarily mind. Again, Brooklyn has so many non-shooters, you can cheat off of a little bit. They also don't have great passers. Again, so if you do move a little bit, it's not like the pass is instantly going to be delivered to the guy who was open. So, but more importantly, I just like the fact that he looked for the shots on offense and I like the type of shots. I think one time he took a super deep three uh, off the pull up, which, you know, okay, logo threes, obviously, you know, as a heat check, maybe fine, but like generally speaking, it's not the greatest shot. But honestly, outside of that, uh, he found a good rhythm, found a great aggressiveness. And again, I just like to see this uh, on a consistent basis. Like, I would love to see quickly go on a run where he is like 20 plus for like five straight games, that type of deal. To me, that's more important to me than the, the assists. Uh, based on his game. Uh, your second star in tonight's performance, I'll give it to Scotty. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, a block, uh, 7 of 13 from the field, 1 of 3, 3 of 4 in 31 minutes. Uh, tidy work for the uh, first-time All-Star. Uh, he's been all smiles since coming back from All-Star, and he looks rejuvenated. Again, the first play of the game, he blocks Ben Simmons, and then he goes the other way and, and gets the transition layup. I mean, first off, how are you starting the game allowing a transition layup? I mean, Brooklyn, please be serious, especially for your new coach. Be serious. But still, um, I thought Scotty set a great tone, was aggressive on the glass, helped on defense. And yeah, there was a little bit of a slippage in the start of the third quarter, a couple bad passes. But Raptors recovered from that. And if you're telling me you played a focused 45 out of 48 minutes for the team as a whole, you're going to win almost all of those games. So for a younger team, it's just about... Uh, finding that focus. And I thought Scotty did a great job of impacting the game uh, on both ends of the floor. And then your third star is going to be Gary Trent Jr. 25 points, 9 of 12 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, 2 of 2 from the foul line, a, a rebound, 2 assists, a steal. Pretty classic Gary stat line, big big number of points, and, uh, you know, not that much else. But, I mean, his role is, again, the finish. And I thought he did a good job with that. If he can always hit his pull-ups in that range, I mean, certainly that would change things a lot. But, yeah, he was able to hit his pull-ups at a really, really good rate tonight. And uh, it, it just – the Raptors' offense wasn't humming, even though they scored 121. Uh, but still, I think uh, that really allowed the Raptors to feel very comfortable in uh, just their their lead was was Scotty – or was uh, Gary knocking down those jumpers. In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, random net who, you know, popped off against the Raptors, I don't really have anybody, honestly, like – Nobody on this team was particularly impressive to me. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. If uh, You know what? We don't, we don't have to do it. I, to be honest, nobody on the Nets was playing that great. I also really didn't notice in 32 minutes of Nick Claxton, but he really didn't impact the game that much. And I know there's a lot of interest, and I do like his potential as a player. Um, springy shot blocking, you know, lob catching kind of five. It's it's a it's a it's a prototype that certainly has worked in a lot of places, but very little impact tonight. And uh, I was a little disappointed. I think um, I don't know. I look, I wasn't expecting that much out of the Nets, but 
yeah, it was a really quiet night for a lot of those guys. So that does it for the program. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor show. I know we took a week long hiatus because the team has been off uh, for all star break, but we are back in fully in the swing of things. We have Blake Murphy is uh, on vacation for the next two weeks. And so we do have a rotating cast of co-hosts to uh, sit in the chair alongside of me. Well, this week we got Vivek Jacob. So we'll have him on Friday as well. Break down this game in a bit more detail after watching the film. And, you know, honestly, have a timely discussion about Vince Carter because there were some interesting comments made by Vince uh, this week where he want, he said he wants to enter the Hall of Fame as uh, as a Raptor. And so uh, let's open that can of worms on the show tomorrow. But thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, you've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Have a good night.